You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers you have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you a chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at $1 million top prize. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rig Rats podcast. We are on episode 34. This fantastic show is brought to you by always our friends at DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. I am joined by my good buddy and co-host, Kyle. Welcome, Kyle. How are you doing today? Hey, boys and girls, ladies and gentle dudes. How's everybody doing? I am just swell. Happy to be alive. You know what? I am also happy to be alive. I got my vaccine. So you know what? I'm invincible now. I can go anywhere. I can do anything. I could kiss you full on the mouth and not even worry about it. Bring it on, big lips. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Well, Kyle, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about. There was a lot of NHL news. I mean, and there was an Oilers game. But I don't know. It just feels, and we talked about this a little bit in the last one, the Oilers, having clinched the playoffs, were playing just games for fun. We're playing some tweak-up games here. And I found myself, especially in the Montreal game that we're going to talk about here, I found myself watching it and like getting more invested in it than I probably should have. When they tied the game 3-3, I was like, no, what are you doing? And it was a bad goal to give up. However, you know, at the same time, I was also like, you know what? It's okay. Like, let's just let them play. Like, we're, we're working on this. I mean, if something goes crazy, we could end up even playing the Canadians in the second round. So, you know, these are good tweak-up games, and I got to not really read so much into into them. It's one of those things that when you're watching it, you're kind of like, you know, just like you were saying, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, how would you do it? Because it's still, you know, you still want to win. You still want to win hockey games. But just like you were saying, it's kind of like, well, ah, okay, we can, you know, we can deal with it. It's okay. Yeah, so we've got Koskinen and Net versus the Canadians, and I unfortunately predicted that he was going to allow the first shot on net. And guess what? He didn't. He did not allow the first shot on net in, which is great. However, I will say throughout this entire game, whether it was making saves or particularly handling the puck behind the net, you can tell 
Koskinen's confidence is definitely shaken. He's not playing the puck with as much confidence as he was. The, his saves and stuff like that. He just he looks kind of shaky in the crease. So obviously, I don't think he's going to be. He's definitely not going to be our starter going into the playoffs. But you would hope he sort of refines a little bit of his confidence in case we do need him in the playoffs. You know, just like you were saying, you can kind of see the decline of. You know, he, he's not going out to play the puck as much, or or when he does, he's kind of looking around like he's scared to see where the puck's going to go when he plays it. And it sucks to see a goalie, you know, play like that with like something's looming over his shoulder. Luckily, Mike Smith is, has been playing very well and he's on a hot streak and we can assume that he's going to be the starter on, on, uh, for the playoffs at least. So that's good to know, but it's also, it just sucks to see, you know, like a guy like that have his confidence ruined. Letting four goals on four shots definitely isn't going to help the confidence. But, you know, he picks up the win in this one. It was a really fun game to watch. I felt like the Oilers had a lot more depth than the Canadians, which was kind of interesting for once. I felt like they had a lot more, they had more lines, get more chances. But the Canadians had one line that we just could not seem to contain. We could not contain the Paul Byron, Arturi Lekkinen, and Jake Evans line. They were all over us. They scored four goals in this one. One of them would be called back for offsides, but all three of the goals the Canadians scored, the only reason the Canadians were still even in this game and got the point and clinched the playoffs was really because of the play of Jake Allen and because of the play of that line. Uh, we also see in this game, Ryan McLeod picks up a primary assist on a James Neal goal. That is Ryan McLeod's first point in the NHL. We also see uh, Connor McDavid continues to uh, boost his point streak. He gets up to 102 points with a undressing of Thomas Tatar on a really nice setup to Dominic Cahoon. And then he pulls off the patented McDavid breakaway move. Uh, you know, he pulls it back to the forehand. It, it, it's almost unstoppable at this point. You, you know he, he's looking to either open the goalie up with that forehand shot or to pull it to his backhand. But that forehand shot, like we even saw in the, the breakaway on Hellebuck, uh, I think last week, Hellebuck got a big chunk of that puck, but he just could not keep the puck out. I mean, McDavid is continually on a tear. And I mean, I've got more McDavid stats here. Connor McDavid, in the last 15 games played, has 38 points. The leading scorers on the Anaheim Ducks, the Detroit Red Wings, the Nashville Predators, the New Jersey Devils, and the Ottawa Senators all have less points in 48 to 55 games than McDavid does in his last 15. The dude is on another planet. Like I said, this is basically the Connor McDavid fan club. He's incredible. Like, that is, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Pure video game numbers. I mean, he's just putting on a show for the folks at home. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Like, that. Like that's nuts to think. Well, how many teams was that? Five or six teams you, you mentioned? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's their top scorer. Not like their bottom guy. Like, that's their top scorer has less in all of the games that they've played than the last 15. That's an insane stat. I think if anything, and I mean, some of these guys are, are no slouches. I mean, we've got like uh, Brady Kachuk has 35 points in 55 games on the senators. We've got Roman Yossi has 33 points in 48 games for the predators. The predators are in the playoffs and their leading scorer doesn't have as many points as McDavid does in his last 15. Not to mention their leading uh, scorer is defenseman too, which is a t- tough bounce. If you're, if you're the predators, but I digress. 
Yeah, the the dude's on another level. Like you said, it's video game numbers almost at this point. Yeah. So like I said, uh, Koskinen lets in a softy. We go to overtime. And I was really frustrated with Koskinen that he let that in. But then I realized that in actuality, Koskinen was making the biggest brain play of all time. Because with the Montreal Canadiens picking up that one point, they clinch the final playoff spot in the North and officially eliminate the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames. And I know they also eliminated, you know, the Ottawa Senators, but we're going to focus on more on we eliminated the Flames. And, you know, what we were like, oh, we're going to overtime. But most of Oilers Nation was more like, oh, boo-hoo, oh, the Flames, oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. So, you know what? I might have been frustrated with Koskinen, but it was actually a brilliant play to eliminate the Flames. And he also knew that it's three-on-three overtime. Dreisaitl, McDavid, game over. Koskinen picks up the win. Solid game, and just like that, the North is completely all locked up and locked in for the playoffs. So before we talk about the playoffs and all that stuff, what did you think about this game versus the Canadians? Like I said, a little bit of a tweak game, a little bit weird. Koskinen, not great. The Canadians really only had one strong line in this game. So what did you think? Like you said, uh, you know, like we were talking about earlier, it's just kind of one of those, eh, it doesn't really mean much. I mean, it's nice to to stop the Canadians from getting those extra two points. Cause personally, I, I think if I'm the Oilers, I'd rather play uh, the jets first. So, you know, that's really what you're playing for at this point when you're playing the Habs is, is just stopping them from uh, moving up past jets. But I think other than that, it's, it's really just keep the legs pumping before you, before you get into the playoffs. I think it was an okay game. You know, there was a couple tweaks that, that everybody, you know, everybody was looking at that, that should probably be made just, just in general, nothing, nothing very specific, just kind of a, well, as a team, we should, you know, be a little tighter or, you know, skate a little, pa- skate a little faster, make some crisper passes. But I mean, really it, it was a decent game overall. I mean, I guess you got to figure out how to lock up that, that one line, but other than that, it's fun to watch three on three overtime and we pulled out with a dub. And with McDavid scoring in overtime, he also ties Dreisaitl <coughs> for second most overtime goals in Edmonton Oilers franchise history. And also with that win over the Canadians, the Jets also won that night. So it is confirmed the Oilers will be playing the Jets in the first round. We're going to get into, obviously, we're going to do like a playoff hype, really get into the nitty gritty of it. But just from a preliminary, what do you think? Like you said, I think you're totally spot on. They want, We wanted to play the Jets in the first round, so now we got them. So what's your initial thoughts on that? Obviously, I'm not knocking on the Jets at all. I mean, still a very good team. You know, they, they have their ducks fairly in a row. And I think throughout the season, at least, they were close games. But it seemed that more often than not, the Oilers had control of the close games. Like, even though they were they were fairly tight, you know, one, two goal games kind of deal. It, it looked like like when you were watching, it, you could kind of tell like, eh, yeah, it's close, but it, it doesn't it didn't seem close in the play. It looked like the Oilers were outplaying them more often than not. Personally, for me, I think that's why I was saying we should want to play the Jets in the first round. However, though, on the flip side. Playoff Hellebuck is something to be stated. He's something you got to watch for. He's, he's back in, right? I mean, I, I know I thought he was hurt for a little bit. He but, got a shutout last back, night. I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Got a shutout last night. So, I mean, he's he's a beast of his own. That's a Vesna, that's a Vesna winner goalie. So, if he's on, he's on. It's You know, he, he's a great, a great goalie. One of the ones that you can, you know, chalk up to 
one of the better goalies in the league now. And, and certainly the last few seasons, he's put up, you know, some crazy numbers, you know, just, just historically good numbers. I think he's um, one of the most winning USA goaltenders of all time now. I believe so. Yeah. And, and so like it, it, that's a hard, that's a hard person to score on. So you definitely have to take that into account when you're, when you're looking at them, you know, they have some guys that are, that are hurt. I think, uh, what was it? Ehlers that was hurt. They expect him to probably be back in time for the playoffs. Exactly. So that's right. You know, if they, if they get their guys back in the right spots, I mean, they know how to play, they know how to play hockey. So while they are the team that I would like to play in the first round, they still have their, you know, their moments where you, you can be scared of them in certain situations. So I think it'll be a great series. I think it'll be a, a really fun one to watch. I don't know that there'll be a, uh, a ton of extracurricular activity, you know, after the whistles and whatnot. I definitely think the hockey play in general will be very exciting to watch. A lot of good passes, good shots, good plays. Yeah, they're definitely not a team to be taken lightly, like you said, but I'm definitely not as afraid of them now that, you know, they don't have like Bufflin on their team or anything like that. Because uh, playoff Bufflin is also a different animal. I think back to him ragdolling the two uh, exactly. Vegas Golden Knights. So no thank you. No thank you for that. But yeah, so we've got the Jets in the first round, so that'll be interesting. Like <laughs> I said, we'll have to get Chris on here to uh, think what he, he's got going into it. But I'm excited. I think the Oilers, like I was saying um, a couple of couple episodes ago they match up well versus the jets right they both try and play a little bit more open fast style of hockey and i think you know when you have the fastest guy in the game with Connor mcdavid that fits that plays right into his hand and we've i think we've seen that sort of all season so i'm looking forward to see that and i also don't think there may be a sound defensively as maybe the canadians or even the leafs are they, they've lost a lot of defensemen this season not so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they match up. And like I said, we'll have to do a, a whole playoff hype hype uh, episode once we get a little bit closer. Um, however, we do have a couple more games to go here. We've got two more. We have given our prediction already for the one game today at the time that we're recording this. We've got the Montreal Canadiens for the last time this season. We are three and five versus them, and we've already gave our predictions. I predicted a one nothing win. Kyle, you felt the shutout as well. However. You said a three nothing win. Do you want to stay with that or change it? I will stay with that. You can't stop the boys. They just they they put up goals. They put up points, baby. And then we've got just this last game here to predict. And at the moment, you still have a one point lead on me. So I've really got to step it up in these last two games. It's come down to the wire. I didn't think it was going to be this tight, but it is, it has tightened up quite a bit. Um, however, our last game of the regular season will be against the Vancouver Canucks. The Oilers are 6-3 and three versus them on the season series. The Canucks are 21-27-3. They are out of the playoffs. I expect that, to be honest, I wouldn't play Connor in this game or Dreisaitl. I wouldn't, I wouldn't play any of our big boys in this game. I might play Smith, maybe our starting defenseman, but uh, there's definitely some of the bigger guys I would be resting in this game. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a point to be made for that. You know, give them a little rest before they start, especially because playing that last game so close to the start of the playoffs, I think it'll give those guys a, a nice little rest, you know, if, if you're looking for that. However, I do know Connor doesn't like to sit. He doesn't like to sit around and do nothing. And he's made it clear that he likes to play. You know, like we were saying, you know, after 100, sit him. And, and they asked that question in one of the post-game pressers, and, and he was like, no, like, like I want to keep playing. I would agree with you. I say sit the bigger guys, give them a, little, a couple of days off to, to just relax before they have to go play some of the hardest athletics of anywhere in the world. 
playoff hockey is just an absolute beast on your body in general. It's a, a very hard competition. So I agree with you. I say, I say, let them, let them hang out. But um, I don't know if it happens or not, to be honest with you. I just worry that, you know, like the Canucks are eliminated. We have a little bit of bad blood with them already. And I just worry, right? Like they don't, they really don't have anything to play for necessarily. So I just worry about them taking a run at one of our guys or something like that. I don't think necessarily right. they would, would do that. Like, I, I'm not trying to call them dirty or anything like that, but like, there's always that possibility. Like it only takes one game, right? Like we saw it final game of the season a couple of years ago, McDavid smashes into the post versus the flames. Right. And he almost ends his career because he destroys his knee. Right. That, right. That's the last game of the season. So it, it only takes one play. So I don't know. I just I get nervous because I just feel like the hockey gods like it's it's just it's test. It's just testing it a little bit too much. That being said, though, like I said, we got a close prediction challenge. So what do you think this game is going to come down to? Uh, I, to be honest with you, I, I still think I don't know that Vancouver really has any anything in them to do anything crazy like that, especially now. They have no reason just because, you know, they don't have anything to play for. And I don't think the, the, the blood is bad enough between the two teams to want to hurt them for any reason, you know? So I think it's just kind of a, a tune-up game. Get you get your deeper lines into it. I'm probably going to say it's going to be a 3-1 win. There's not really a whole lot that's going to happen. It's going to be kind of a boring game. If I, if I had the prediction, I'm going to say it's going to be a boring game. So I don't know this for a fact. This isn't this isn't a, an actual stat, but I'm pretty sure. And if my memory serves me right, the Oilers have played the Canucks as their last game of the season. I'd probably say maybe 85 of the like 85 percent of the last seasons. And I can't remember the Oilers ever losing to the Canucks in that final game of the season. That being said, I also have to stick to tradition. Five, three win, baby. Run it. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see that, you know, like the Oilers put in one of their new drafted rookies, Broberg, just joined the taxi squad. So I think in this final game, this might even be the opportunity to just go, hey, what, you know what, we've got these nine guys that have been sitting on the taxi squad. I think Bouchard, I think Tyler Ennis, like all those guys, put all of them in. Put every single guy in the taxi squad just so they can get one more game before the playoffs. Uh, but I'm going to stick with that solid 5-3 win, and uh, I think it's going to bring me the win here in the, the buzzer beater. Big fan of the classic prediction there. Big fan. You know, really, really, bring out, really bring the regular season home. Just nail it in. I will say one more stat here, and this is actually about the Winnipeg Jets. The Edmonton Oilers, in every single one of their Stanley Cup wins, had to go through the Winnipeg Jets. They are also 22 out of 24 all time versus the Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs. Granted, this was a very different Winnipeg Jets. That Winnipeg Jets is now the Arizona Coyotes. So very different time. We also had a little guy named Wayne Gretzky, but I just thought that was an interesting stat. And uh, hopefully we can keep that good cycle going. However, we are going to take a quick break because we've got some bombshell NHL news to get to when we come back. So we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on the show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. for He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because we are trash. 
as well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. All righty, we are back. So like I said, we had some big NHL news come out here before we recorded. Um, there's a lot of disgruntled with, you know, teams starting to be eliminated from the playoffs and all that stuff. We're now starting to see all the players on the teams that missed the playoffs, you know, start to express their disappointment and frustration. And so we've got a couple disgruntled uh, people. We've got Patrick Line, we've got Jack Eichel, and we've got the New York Rangers. So where would you like to start? Who would you like to break down how mad they are first? Uh, let's talk about the Ike daddy. Yeah, that's probably the biggest story. Obviously, Jack Eichel, superstar in the league, elite, elite talent. The Buffalo Sabres have had a horrible season. He's missed most of the season with an injury. Um, it sounds like he's wanted to have some surgery, and then there was some disconnect between the team. He did his end-of-the-season postseason presser a couple days ago, and he had some pretty, pretty, um, I guess, disappointing words for the organization. And a lot of people took this as a sign that Jack Eichel is not going to be a Buffalo Sabre next season. So I'm going to play the quote, and then we'll talk about it. Why don't you just do what you would like to do? It's your body. It's your decision yeah, with a doctor. like that, Paul. <laughs> is it is it because of a contract yeah it doesn't work like that i wish i mean yeah you, you can't uh i guess that's that's you hit the nail on the head there you know what i mean uh you know he, he also just uh expressed a lot of disappointment and disconnect with the team um it sounded like you know he wanted to have surgery uh with because he had a herniated disc in his neck it sounds like the team maybe was uncertain or unsure of the second opinion that he got he said he's 24 he wants to play hockey he wants to play meaningful hockey he has yet to do that in his nhl career which really is sad like if you think about the sport of hockey jack eichel obviously he was drafted in the mcdavid draft so he gets overshadowed by that but like it's a it's a detriment to the sport to not have Jack Eichel in the playoffs. The the GM Kevin Adams has come out and basically said that you know that that's not necessarily true. They've been talking the whole time, and it sounds like Eichel's just pretty fed up and headed in a dis different direction at this point. So I mean, you you saw the comments. Like, what did what did you think about all that? Because it's it's a big deal. Jack Eichel leaving the Sabers. Like, it's not very often you see true superstars be traded or, or want to leave in the NHL like you do in like the NFL or the NBA. So this might be a big deal for the sport. You know, there's certainly a lot of guys uh, around the league that, you know, once they're on a team, they're on a team. I mean, you look at, you know, Crosby, for example, hasn't left, hasn't left the Penguins. I mean, there, you know, sometimes most of the time, I would should say at least when there's a true through and through superstar, and, and we can agree that Jack Eichel is definitely one. They tend to not leave their team, especially not not as soon, I guess, as as this is. I mean, he got drafted. Well, what draft year was that now? What's 2015. That? Is that 15? Yeah. So, I mean, that's six years. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. think Jack Eichel's played a single playoff game. No. No. I mean – I don't think the Buffalo Sabres have had a winning record. <laughs> like you were saying, he really hasn't played any meaningful hockey. And that just 
Remember Sucks. when they won like 20 in a row and still missed the playoffs? Yeah. Like that's gotta, yeah. that's gotta hurt. Like as Jack Eichel, you're the captain. Like, I don't know. Like a lot of people like, like to talk about, Oh, well, you know, when's McDavid going to leave the Oilers, especially when they, they were sort of struggling these last couple seasons. And we don't really hear them talking about that anymore. The Oilers have made, made it turn around, but I think at this point, the biggest superstar, the biggest magnifying glass now is, you know, when is Jack Eichel going to be fed up with the organization of the Sabres and ready to leave? So I've got more, I've got more quotes for, from him here. They definitely hold a lot of uh, a lot of cards on what I can and can't do. So they were talking about whether or not he could get the surgery, and basically he said that the team it holds all the cards. There is if he's under contract, he technically can't go out and get the surgery unless they approve it. He is able to get a second opinion and then bring that to the team, but unless they really approve it, he technically can't and so you know I, I don't know how much truth there is that like I said Kevin Adams has come out and disputed that sense but I don't know it just seems like it seems he's made up his mind and there's not much the Sabres are going to be able to do to, to change it. So I know Kevin Adams had, had come out and said that I, I guess the surgery that Eichel's looking to do supposedly it's never been done on an NHL player before um, so they don't really know how it would affect him all that well is is what Kevin Adams and, and the Sabres are saying at least. So that's why they're saying that they've, you know, really given him the, the no-go on it just because they don't know how, how big of an effect that has on him playing hockey. Yeah, that, that's fair. You know, you don't know if it's going to, especially your neck, like that's a, that's a really big part. Like you think about like talking to someone, turning your head, especially then in the game of hockey, your neck and shoulders take a lot of beating in the game of hockey. Um, but I, I also think, I don't know, he's Jack Eichel. If that's what he wants to do, why wouldn't you let him do that, right? He's your captain and he's your best player. If he thinks the surgery is going to help him play hockey and also keep him happy or at least appease him and keep him on your team, why wouldn't you be doing everything in your power to do that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where I, I, I agree with you. I'm the athlete. It's my ultimate decision. And yes, you have the contract that says you have to pay me a lot of money for a long time. Sure. But if he wants to play hockey and he thinks that's what's going to help him, I agree. Just let him let him do it. What's it going to hurt? He's already out for a certain amount of time anyways. And so they were saying that they were looking to take the conservative approach, you know, and just kind of let it heal up by itself and whatnot and, and you know, wait it out. Well, how long are you going to wait before you take some action and try to figure out what the problem is if i'm jack eichel that that's that's kind of wasting my my prime years here you know what i mean well eichel even said in the in the press conference you know sitting out the majority of the season and being sort of away from the team and in some regards really changes his perspective on the whole thing um and looking at it and you got to think right like he's injured, he's sitting out, he's watching his team just get shit on night in and night out. He was really happy with the hiring of Ralph Cougar as the head coach this last season, and he was fired halfway through this shortened season. So he's already unhappy about that. So now he's just sitting at home during a pandemic in a shortened season on a team that's absolute dog shit. Like you got, like, that's gotta be, I can't think of how you would stay positive or not go into a dark mental place in that situation. They're going to have an issue. And so I, I think the big question that, that everyone's asking right now, and I'll, so I'll pose it to you, is Jack Eichel a saver next year? No, 
you know, maybe, maybe they don't really, uh, maybe they wait until, you know, free agency and whatnot dies down and, and they wait to shop him out. But I don't think he ends the next season as a Sabre. There, I think there's a few places he could go. Um, the Rangers are well on their way for their rebuild. And I think that would add an unreal piece. I mean, that's an unreal addition to your team. But I also think maybe, I don't know. I think the Rangers, in my opinion, are the front runner there. As long as they can figure out how to, how to make that contract work for them, I think that's where he wants to go. I mean, look at, look at the guys you're in to play with. Panarin, you know, Zibanejad, um, Adam Fock. There are some guys, some, some really good players that you're getting to play with. And I think they have the potential to be a good team next year. So I think that's probably, in my opinion, I think that's my front runner. This is going to hurt me to say, and I think it's going to hurt Oilers fans and probably Canadians all around. I think the Montreal Canadiens have a pretty good chance, too. I also think Bergevin is the kind of GM who also, a little bit of NHL news, just re-signed with the Canadians. Incredibly. I don't know how many times we thought he was done or going to be fired, and he just continues to flourish and live on. So I don't know what's going on there. But I, I think the Canadians have a good chance. And like I said, I think Bergevin is crazy enough and bold enough to go for it. I mean, we saw him offer sheet Aho. So, you know, I, I think that he could potentially make some moves. And we, how long have we been talking that the Canadians need a number one center? Yeah. Forever. Oh, so, yeah. I, I mean, that that immediately fixes that need. And like I said, I mean, Bergevin's a madman. So you never know what he's going to do. That that wouldn't surprise me either. I think I saw a couple people saying possibly Calgary tries to scoop him up. But I, I don't really know about that. Personally, I think as far as the connection between Eichel and the team, I think the Rangers is probably the uh, is probably his location. So That's I will use I that does. fantastic segue that you set me up from to alley oop it over to our next piece of news that has to do with the New York Rangers. Uh, like we said, that after the whole Tom Wilson incident, um, he got in their head and they released that statement calling out George Peros. They immediately fired their president of hockey operations and their GM. And then today it comes out that they have fired their head coach and then the three assistant coaches as well. Obviously their season's over, so they don't really have to right away appoint a head coach. So they're going to be searching and looking around. Um, I think it'd be really, really funny if like Tortorella shows up there. I was say that. I think the exact same thing. <laughs> He goes, he goes back to New York and then Panarin walks in day one and his face just drops immediately because you got to remember Panarin did not like Tortorella when he was in Columbus. Oh, man, that would be, that would be that, something. It'd be, a, it'd be a cruel twist of fate for sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that would be hilarious. And I mean, certainly Tortorella can turn around a team, but if you know, if you know Panarin already has bad blood with them, unless they've uh, reached out to each other and and made some kind of uh, rekindling of their friendship. <laughs> There's no shot. <laughs> yeah, not at all. It's, it's it's not huge news, but I definitely think that, I don't know, that that Tom Wilson incident really, really messed with the Rangers' head. Like, it, it shook them up for sure. I can't say this is directly correlated to that. You know, who knows? They missed the playoffs, and they would have been fired anyway. But I, I can't help but think that that just pushed it over the edge a little bit. It's one of those things that, I think there's a lot of differing opinions going on in their organization. I think uh, the ownership and and some of the higher up administrators ha- had one kind of had one kind of opinion, and some of the other guys, the uh, the GM and 
I think they had another, and I think it's just kind of one of those things where it just kind of exploded inside their inside their organization, and they just kind of had no idea which way to go, and then that's it, everything went to hell. And, so, and their, their owner is also quite eccentric and kind of a hothead, so he yeah. sees... He sees, you know, the player he's paying 10, 11 million dollars get ragdolled by Wilson and yeah. then all that happened. I don't know. And then they missed the playoffs and they were they're were on a pretty big upwards swing. Like you want to talk about accelerated rebuild. The Rangers have like immediately turned yeah, real fast track. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I think it's probably not a bad thing. I, I think it'll be interesting to see who they choose as their their next head coach. But I think you're right. It'd be really, really funny if it was Tortorella, but they, I don't think they'll go back to no, Tortorella. No. However, if we want to keep using things that are all sort of interconnected, I feel like I'm playing like 10 degrees of separation or something <laughs> like that. Another person who's butted some heads with Tortorella, we've got Patrick Laine with some pretty inflammatory comments in the Finnish media um, a couple days ago. And it's not really a big story. I haven't been seeing a ton of people talk about it. And I think it's because he said it to the Finnish media. So it's a little bit harder to get over. Like I actually had to, I found the article and then I had to Google translate the entire article. And so I, th- I think it, it might've flown under the radar. However, like it's, it's pretty big. So the reporter asked him if he was planning on going and playing in the world championships this year. Obviously Columbus is out of the playoffs. So he could go and play for Finland and probably be one of Finland's best players. Um, however, Line came out and said, you won't see me in the worlds because of this season. I can't stand even a game of hockey. It was an absolute miserable experience team wise and personally. Only good thing is that the season is over. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. You want to talk about a guy that's unhappy. We saw him get benched. He only played like two minutes in the third period earlier that season. Tortorella like didn't really deploy him that way. Like didn't deploy him in the type of player that Patrick Line is. And we just see Patrick Line is having an awful time. And I think this is one of those things that Line is probably not going to be a, a jacket after this season either. Well, which is hilarious because the other day I saw, you know, they were asking him about it and he was like, oh yeah, I like Columbus. I'd like this. I'd like the fan base. I like, you know, the area. I like being in Columbus. <laughs> and then this piece of news comes out and it's like, well, which one is it there, Chief? Who are you uh, Who are you lying to? <laughs> so do you think this is – because, you know, maybe he does like the city of Columbus. He likes the fans. You know, it's a pretty relatively small market team compared to Winnipeg, so the reporters aren't going to be jumping down your throat as much. Do you think this is all, like, John Tortorella-based? Uh, like, do you think that he is the main cause of his frustration this season? I mean, it's very possible just because Torts is – a fiery personality. I mean, he is absolutely incendiary. You, you either love him or you hate him, and there's no in between. And I, I'm, from what I've heard, at least the same feelings go the other way. He either loves you or he hates you. Um, he doesn't really have too big of a middle ground for anybody. So I mean, it it it's very possible that that could be the deal. Uh, you know, it could be Tortorella is the problem for the um, for, for the Jackets and. And now that he's gone and they've agreed to separate ways, you know, whoever comes in as head coach could fix their situations. But also, I mean, you got to think maybe it is the area. I, you know, I, I just don't know. I think likely it is a Tortorella deal. He's just not a big fan of them. Uh, and they didn't really get along all that well. But, you know, I guess we'll see when the season keeps going, you know, the new season co- comes around. I, th- I think uh, it's one of those things also, if you're the new coach that comes in, 
your first priority is to sit Patrick Line and Max Domi down and be like, hey, the last season did not go well. It's a different coach. Like you almost have to do what I think Dave Tippett did with Pugliarvi almost this season, right? We show up and be like, hey, listen, I know you had a really bad time. I'm not him. I don't have any preconceived notions about who you are and how you're going to play. We're going to play the way I want to play. And we're going to, we're going to use you guys differently because I think one of the things with Tortorella at least is Patrick line has the potential to be a 50 goal scorer. You don't need him to block shots and back check as much. Like he doesn't need to be a third line grinder. And in a Tortorella team, every player really has to have that mindset of you're going to grind, you're going to get in the corners. And Patrick line is just not that player, at least not Right. right now. He could change. We saw it happen with Ovechkin and all that stuff. But at the moment he is a high end goal scorer. He's not a grinder. And I think that just doesn't fit with, you know, Tortorella's style. And then as you see, you know, line a start to get used and abused like that by Tortorella, his attitude drops. And then I think as soon as your attitude drops with Tortorella, you're immediately on a shit list. As soon as, as soon as you show you're like a little bit whiny or whatever, Tortorella immediately starts to dislike you. And then it's, it's pretty much downhill from there. Uh, Like you said, you either love him or you hate him or, and he either loves you or he hates you. There's not much in between. It's been that on almost every team he's been a part of. So it, it'll be interesting. I think, like we said, with Tortorella not returning, I think there's a big opportunity to potentially keep Patrick Line. And if you are the Columbus Blue Jackets who have lost a bunch of their players for almost nothing, like they can't seem to keep their free agent or restricted free agents there and they've just had to get rid of them and you just traded Dubois for line a you you have to keep him around or else it it just continues to look like failures or that no one wants to stay a part of your team so it'll be interesting to see how uh that that plays out with line a and the jackets and to be honest i also think uh low-key max domi because i completely forgot that he was on the columbus blue jackets he has not had a good time either like you said i think tortorella has has a time and a place on a team but once he's outstayed his welcome you got to get rid of him because he's just going to poison the rest of your players and that's just the, the type of coach he is uh, but with that, we are going to wrap things up now. Uh, we've actually got an Oilers game that's about to start here. So I'd like to get to watching that versus the Canadians. And then we've got the playoffs coming up. We've got one more regular season game and uh, one more episode before the playoffs start, like I said. So we'll know who has won the prediction challenge on the next episode. Uh, hopefully I will be crowning myself champion, but uh, you're still well, cur- you're still currently in the lead. So we'll, we'll end up seeing what happens. You got anything <coughs> else for me, buddy? Uh, no, that's it, man. I'm just razzed and jazzed for some playoff hockey. Hey, man, we are in the playoffs. And we couldn't even say that last season about the Oilers. So we are in it. We're here. We have a shot for the Stanley Cup, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, let's go Oilers. Oilers. <laughs>